Hi, welcome to Curate Joshua Train. We are an artist-run publication operating out of the high desert in California. In an attempt to archive and interview artists that are working up here in their studios. This episode, we met up with artist Coco Hall and her studio in Joshua Tree. I met Coco recently at an opening at Boxo Projects. Bernard, who runs the project over there, introduced us at an opening. And we started talking about her work, and right away, she pulled up her Instagram. I knew that I wanted to head over to her studio and, and talk further about what she was investigating. You can follow Coco on Instagram at coco.hall, H-A-L-L, or head over to her website at www.cocohall.com. You can also head over to our website to see the pictures taken during the interview and at her studio and read her written interview, www.curatejoshuatree.com. Hope you enjoy. Thanks for listening. So we're in Joshua Tree with Coco Hall. And we just did a little walkthrough of the studio. And thanks for having me today. Well, you're welcome. And we're just going to kind of jump in and talk about your work and you being here. Oh, there's a giant rabbit out there. Sorry. I have like this, you fidget, I have a little ADD with (laughs) (laughs) me looking out the window might be a bad idea. Um, So tell us about how you ended up here, where you came from and how you found this place and yeah. Well, I was, I fell in love with the desert a long time ago by um, going to Big Bend in Texas and hiking there and um, actually backpacking. And so I, from then on, I always wanted to go the desert, you know, go and live in the desert. And I looked for like 20 years. I had to wait. And I looked all over Arizona, and I looked in New Mexico, and I was living in the Bay Area, and somebody uh, had a house in Joshua Tree, and I found out from her that there was, Joshua Tree was over an aquifer, and the problem with Arizona was there's no water there. So I thought, oh, I'll go and check Joshua Tree out. I was very familiar with this area because my parents lived in, they had retired to Palm Springs and they lived there for 25 years. And I went there like at least once a year, all that time. So I had been here and I looked for a long time for this piece of property and finally ended up here. That's awesome. What And what year was it that you moved here? I moved here full time um, around 2008 or nine, I can't remember which. So you're ten years in the in the Bay Area prior to that. Yeah, cool, awesome. And did you move your studio down right away, or was that? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's when I started to work here. It was. I tried. I would go up to Sausalito in the summer at first because I had a, still had a house there and I was trying to do paper mache like mm-hmm. in Sausalito and it was like <laughs> and it's really like damp where I lived and I was sort of sticking things sort of in the oven to dry them and I finally I thought this is stupid I can't do this here yeah I'm gonna have to paint or do something else <laughs> and one of the reasons I love it here for for my art is it's so I mean I love it for everything that it's so dry mm-hmm. I love the dryness yeah. your towel is never damp 
It's tr- that's true. I just totally love the. I just love the desert. I'm very happy here. This is my own, my first like real home. Uh-huh. That's nice. That's a really nice feeling. Yeah. Um, so your work. We just took a walkthrough of your work, and um, since nobody can see, they're just listening to us. We have to be very good at describing the things that we saw. Uh, so primarily, you make objects. I would say, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, from tapestries to large sculptures to, which we didn't get to look at yet, these, what did you call Oh, them? the reversible toys. Reversible toys, which we'll take a look at later, I think, and put up some videos of that. Um, so you want to talk about maybe your process or we could start even with like the, you, you started to tell me earlier on the walk about collections and and a series of works and how you work in that sense? Um, Well, I mean, I was trained to work in series. Mm -hmm. And um, I I guess artists, I mean, from looking at other artists, like even through the ages, um, that you have certain things that you want to say or and you just say them over and over. Like I had, we looked at one... uh, that was a nod to Brancusi's head. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I looked at his full body of work for his life, he didn't really have that many images that he did. Mm-hmm. He worked with just a few images. It's, it was surprising to see, you know, when I looked at the whole thing. And so he did similar things over and over again. And it's, and it's as if you have this thing that you, it may, you may not even have words for what it is, but you, this is what you want. Mm-hmm. what you have to say. So there are certain images that I use and, you know, I go back to them mm-hmm. again and again. Yeah. I think that's nice. It's a common thread that kind of weaves in yeah. and out of itself. I, I feel that the, for me anyway, as an artist, my job is to reflect the world as I see it. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I may use the same images again and again in different ways to, to, to show like what I'm seeing in the world. Mm-hmm. And do you think that the series allows you to move from different big ideas to the, so you don't have to be kind of working. Some artists kind of only make the same work, you know, like they only make thematically or conceptually the same thing over and over again, but in different ways, right? You see it a lot in painting. There might be a common thing they paint over and over again. Like a motif. Yeah. And uh, as an object maker myself, like it can be interesting because you might move from one thing to the next and they might seem very different, especially because we are switching materials, not like a painting, right? We're Mm -hmm. just lending into one thing. So do you feel like that allows you to be able to jump from bigger, maybe unrelated ideas? Or do you feel like everything still seems related to one another from these different collections or series? Um, I, I, I don't know. I think that the, 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 I mean, the collections is only like one of many, mm-hmm. you know, series that I have done. Um, it's just a, it's just a way of, you know, expressing the idea, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And, um, I have, uh, uh, I'm very interested in like epidemics and in bacteria and, um, and viruses. So I've done, um, 
in things on the cellular level. So mm-hmm. I've done in ceramics, I've done a lot of, you know, collections of those things. Mm-hmm. It's just a way of, of, you know, organizing in a way, yeah. you know, what I'm doing, what I want to say. But um, I don't know how I'll stay. Yeah, that's good. That. Yeah. But, but, you know, I, I do, there are particular materials that I use over and over. For example, like I, you know, mainly I do paper mache mm-hmm. and it's, it's a very humble <laughs> material and it's also a very feminine material. Mm-hmm. And, but, and, and it's, it's a very, uh, it's like, you know, it's just uh, paper and flour and water. Mm-hmm. And I use a, um, aviary wire, which is small chicken wire mm-hmm. to, um, uh, as frames for it. Um, so I, I like that about it, you know, that it's very simple mm-hmm. and I've just done a lot of it. So it's really easy for me to do whatever I want with it. Yeah. I can do like really large things or small and, yeah. you know, and then I start, I like using fabric. I've always been, I, I never thought of myself as a sewer, but because I don't really like making clothes, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm terrible at it pretty much because um, I don't follow directions very well. But um, I, I am, I've always sewed since I was like seven and I, professionally, I was a, a toy designer, a stuffed toy designer. Mm-hmm. And so I do like making three-dimensional objects in uh, fabric. Wow. And um, I mean, these are the things I've done so much that that it's easy for me. I'm good at. Yeah. I've done less painting, so painting's much more challenging for me. Mm-hmm. Um, although I, you know, I paint all my sculptures, and um, and then I started knitting uh, covers for my pieces, and which is so it's a lot of fiber, mm-hmm. covering things with organdy. Um, these are all just techniques for expressing whatever I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, working on. And where did this uh, interest in like the cellular level and the body and things like that come from? I, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I have these interests. I think that it's like, I think it maybe it's, uh, um, I, maybe it's genetic. I mean, they keep finding out that everything more and more, like whatever it is that you is true about you as an individual is just genetic. Hmm. And uh, I, I don't know why I'm interested in um, epidemics and plagues, but I just I've just read everything I can find about it. And, you know, I'm also very interested in uh, ancient history and especially Rome, especially right now, the fall of Rome is like very interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and the environment, yeah, you know, yeah. and the destruction of the environment is, you know, a big subject for me. Yeah, and you were you mentioned you're an activist, or well, I I, I don't do that anymore. I I mean, I guess my activism is just my art. I mean, I'm not an activist. I don't see myself as an activist anymore. But I did spend 20 years as an activist, mm-hmm. and um, it's not really the right. Uh, activity for me because you have to do everything with people and I don't, and I like to be alone all the time. So it's good. I mean, making art is a better, better fit. For yeah. You. It's a better fit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really all, all of the jobs that you have as an activist, like involves 
you know, people and groups of people. Yeah. So were you making toys at the same time that you were doing this activism stuff or was that two different time periods? Well, no, I had my, I had my toys business, um, from in the seventies. Wow. And where was that? That was in Vermont wow. and it was a cottage industry and I had, uh, people s- did peace work in their homes. I had like, bet- it would, you know, it was so it was very flexible, like how many workers I had, and mostly women, you know, working at home because um, they had children or they were elderly, mm-hmm. and uh, they were very um, experienced though because there had been a lot of uh, sewing factories mm-hmm. there, which were all closed, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were actually better sewers than me. You know, like they would say, <laughs> I would hear that they didn't know like that I was, you know, like what I did exactly. And they would make comments about like, oh, this isn't cut out very well, you know. <laughs> and um, it was great to see what they they could do. So I would have between like 50 and 200 sewers. Wow. And um, yeah, we sold everywhere. We sold toys everywhere. And we had, uh, I... Uh, Designed the baseball caps with horns and wings. A lot of people remember. We sold a zillions of those oh, back yeah. then. Yeah. And, you know, that was my business. Wow. That's re- really amazing. Oh, were you making, is that kind of the, were you making work like you're making now then? Or is no. this? Well, no, that was, I mean, it was full time right. for me because, you know, it was a full time job at the time. I mean, I, I was doing all the designing too. So yeah, it was, it's all creative. It's all building and yeah. sculptural and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 I really learned it's harder. Making a stuffed sculpture is easier in a way than making a designing a stuffed toy because a stuffed toy has to be a bag. Like you're making a bag that can be stuffed and you have to do it within a, it has you has to be done in a way that's cheap enough to sell it mm-hmm. at a reasonable price. And if you're making sculpture, you can just put. You don't have to have it be the same thing every time. Mm-hmm. It's just like a one-off, so you can do whatever you want, and yeah, you can add pieces to, on top of it, mm-hmm. on top of like a main piece. But this with the stuffed toy, you have to figure out like what it's going to look like and be stuffed from the inside. Right. So it's... Yeah, there's this inversion to it that you're like, how is that going to work? Yeah, and that's what's fun for me, Yeah, is thinking that. That's why I like doing the reversible toys, because I just love figuring it out. Yeah. And tell us about what is a reversible toy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's a... Well, I call them toys. They they look like toys, but what I do now, they're not really toys. (laughs) Um, For example... Uh, well, the last one that I did mm-hmm. was a. Um, it's about the coral reefs that are all uh, being bleached out, mm-hmm. and so on one. So I made like a coral, like a pink coral with. Uh, it's really the fabrics you can get now are just so great. Mm-hmm. It was like this shiny iridescent pink, you know, and I made it look like a coral. And then you 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 turn it inside out, and I, and then it becomes a completely white chalky. Uh, coral. Wow. And I have been using zippers, like a reversible zipper. Mm-hmm. There's only one place in the country, I think, that I've found anyway that sells them and they make them to order. Oh, wow. And uh, I'm really worried that they're not going <laughs> to be there anymore. But 
that's where I've gotten all my zippers. But um, you better stock up on all. Sorts I know. Of I sizes. think that sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You know. Uh, so, you know, it's not the same. It has a little tab on both sides. So you can unzip it, turn it inside out, and you still have the zipper on the other side with the tab, and you can zip it up. That's awesome. Can you understand? I don't know if you can understand that. I can totally understand. Okay. But I'm, you know, for people listening that they can kind of get they'll the have to look. To it. Yeah, they'll have to go check it out on the website. And then for those, I mean, that whole idea of people touching the object and then playing with the object in this context is is great and fun, but do, do people do it when you show them? Well, they... I haven't been able to. No, I can't because I only make one. I've only made one, like one of each. It's not like a manufactured toy. Yeah. And the way that I've shown them is I will have them on like on the wall. Okay. And then I'll have videos that okay. show like you know both sides of it. Because you just couldn't, unless I made one to put out for people to, yeah, to do like it would, they'd be destroyed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was curious about that. And it takes a long time because I have to make a design for each one. Yeah, you know, like you try. It's like trial and error. Yeah, and make a pattern, like a paper pattern for each one, mm -hmm. and then make it. Um, I also have a lot of tapestries that I've made, and like some of them are, you know are interactive, like with zippers. And when I've shown that, like the Oracle of Twinkie, for example, <laughs> which is like, twink, it's like about a hundred, you know, stuffed Twinkies and you unzip it and you can ask yes, no questions. Um, and it's, you know, when it's in a gallery, you know, the, somebody has to be watching it and yeah. people can ask it questions, but they, they'll... The gallery, the gallerist will unzip it. Okay, to keep it. Yeah. Um, uh, that sounds amazing. I saw the Twinkie picture. I didn't get to see it in real life, uh -huh. but I love that. Yeah, because I love the eight ball. Yeah. I'm based on the eight ball, so yeah. the eight ball's like my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> I had to say, when we, were putting, when we were putting it up, like the it, one in a gallery, the, this, the guy and I who were doing it, we started like asking questions and we've realized, I realized like we're believing like the answers, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I said, wait a minute, you know, I made this. Like yeah. I am not an, you know, I don't have the answers really. That's so, so funny. And it's, the tapestries, when did you start making those? Well, I, I always have, you know, mm -hmm. I even like, even like in the seventies, like I was making those. Um, well, actually in the sixties I made made them um so yeah you know it's something just that I've just always in. like sewn yeah and we looked at two in the studio today uh, one is about addiction and you want to talk about that one well that is another uh sort of silly one yeah and so each uh piece on that's sewn on to this um it's a a baby blue fur background is uh, represents an addiction, and it's it, the addiction has its say. So it's like what an addiction says to you, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, and you unzip them, and then that's yeah. What it says like the piece there. of cake. It un you unzip it, and it says, "I love you." <laughs> and then what's the other tapestry that we looked at? Today? Um, it's called "Oh Hi There," and it's a it's faces 
of uh, uh, terrorists, like in in their masks, and then on the around the outside are Cheetos. Mm-hmm. Because naturally, the Cheetos. Well, it's yeah. it's like it's yeah. the, the idea is you know Cheetos are ubiquitous, mm-hmm. and it's this is really funny. It's like not it's really strange food. Yeah, and but it's a very beautiful thing. It I is. mean, I really like the shape of Cheetos, and um, I guess you know like what I was thinking was you just you can't really get you and people other people have said this of course like you can't get rid of an idea. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think we think that the terrorists are somewhere else. They're not here, but really they're everywhere, like Cheetos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. yeah. I love that. And how did you make that one? Oh, well, I used a transfer paper mm-hmm. that I painted on to make their eyes and their mouths. Mm-hmm. And I ironed it onto a cotton a sort of T-shirt material. Mm-hmm. And then uh, cut those out and sewed them like, you know, behind these, uh, it's kind of a black Sherpa material masks and then hand sewed those all on. And I um, dyed the Cheeto, it's the Cheetos are are sort of a bumpy Sherpa material also. Mm -hmm. It's a fur, really, fake fur. And I dyed them with paint and then sewed those on by hand. Yeah, that's beautiful. Do you sew mostly by hand or is there machine work as well? Oh, I, I sew with a machine yeah. whenever I can. Yeah. But it, I end up doing a lot of hand work, mm-hmm. which I, I really enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I have more control over it when I do it by hand. But yeah. I do a, a lot of on the machine. Yeah. I put the miles on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Um, there's these other things. Where, there's one behind us, this rock. What were you calling them? It's... Uh, the, those are the collections. These are the collections. Yeah. And um, trying to use your terms correctly with that. Uh, this is a rock collection? Well, mm-hmm. you know, the idea came from those, um, and I have a couple of them. And I had one when I was a child, which are, um, cl- they're little rock collections. Uh, and there's a different uh, chip of a rock in each little section. <laughs> And I really loved that when I just looking at it when mm-hmm. I was little. And um, so I wanted to make some of those. And this, I guess that was the first one, and it's the rock collection from hell. And all the rocks are black. <laughs> so, um, and then I went on to make other ones. And what are these made out of? That's all paper mache. Mm-hmm. And they're like these square... Well, it's it's containers. Yeah, I made like rocks. a little shelf, a little box that uh, has lines in it for the, the different compartments, and then there's a rock in each one. The rock in each one, yeah. And there was a finger one in the studio. Yeah, and the, that the finger pointing connection collection. Uh, there's a, I call it a seashell collection, which is all like plastic junk that mm-hmm. you find in the that the most common pieces of plastic that are in the ocean. For example, a Bic lighter. Those are, you know, toothbrushes, combs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just a silly binky collection, which are <laughs> colored balls on springs. And then, then I have the ceramic ones. I have a... a uh, um, a uh, chromosome 
collection was ceramic mm-hmm. and the virus and bacteria collection, et cetera. That's part of it, yeah. I have a che- I have Cheeto. I did a, a some like cigarette butt collections mm-hmm. out of ceramic. Yeah. Yeah, there seems to be some of these collections are organized on the wall, some of them, right? And then there's different piles in the studio. Yeah, I have so. a lot of, I do a lot of piles, um, which are, I started with the cigarette uh, piles mm-hmm. and I have a pile of, it's large, it's pretty large, mm-hmm. of uh, uh, liquor and beer bottles mm-hmm. and cans <laughs> and... That was really fun to make. Mm-hmm. I got kind of carried away with the realism of yeah. it, but that was fun. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to look kind of real, but not really. Yeah, they're all a little. They're all kind of rounded, and I like that look. Yeah. And um, there are syringes. I had. I, you know, the opioid epidemic is really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Main, mainly. I mean, it's horrible. The whole, the whole uh, addiction problems is like horrible. But and I think that the, um, you know, the public or the government, they don't know how to deal with it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they do. They have no idea. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I mean, some people do, mm-hmm. but generally they don't, and that's why I, I keep like putting it out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that I think I'm going to like solve the problem or anything. It's just, this is what I see. Yeah. And talk about it. Yeah. I don't know if they want to do anything about it. Is the other oh, thing. that's a, yeah, no. Yeah. yeah you're <laughs> that's right. Like a, that's another point on that. Um, I saw so many things that are so great. I love that their work is funny and um, quirky and then has this under tone that's like pretty dark uh it makes you want to stay a while so thanks I really really like that I also like you said something you made some soft wall pieces that you said were earthquake safe Uh sculptures Uh um that one in the cinnamon bun one I wanted to talk about a little bit too um so that series earthquake safe Uh uh-huh I'm assuming it's a series because you make things I've done three of those three of those Yeah. yeah And what are they? The one we saw was some letters. Yeah, it says dim. Dim. Were they all text-based, those yeah, pieces? Yeah, big, big letters. Okay. Um, one is, I, I wanted to say that uh, the wonderful, horrible is pretty much like what I do. Yeah. Um, that's how I see the world. Yeah. I see the wonderful, horribleness of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the earthquake safe, yeah, that's kind of a joke. Like, but you know, especially in the Bay Area, there are a lot of earthquakes. Yeah, I haven't. There hasn't been as many. There's only been one, I think, since I've been here. But it's always it's coming. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, the big one. Yeah. Um. You know, and and people, you know, you just you don't want your big heavy piece of art falling on you in your bed. Right. You know. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> So that's why I, I call it. I'm always I'm so always actually surprised that people, you know, when when I've had shows or done like the art tours and people come in and they go around and they laugh and laugh and laugh and mm-hmm. I love that mm-hmm. and I never know that that's what I'm going. To, I mean I I 
I love I love that more than anything. Yeah. And I but it always surprises me. Yeah. Because, because I, it's natural. No, not to because you. I don't think I, because it's not because I don't know that it's funny, but it's not I don't think you can like try to be funny. Right. You know. Right. I mean, a lot of times I kind of have an idea and I, it amuses me and I think, oh yeah, I've got to do that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that if people are going to like laugh at it. Mm-hmm. And I, I really love that. Yeah. I mean, especially if it's like something that's also horrible. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I think that um, laughter opens people up. Mm-hmm. And if they can laugh at it, then they can be open to, you know, what what it's really about. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I don't think enough people think about that or use that or want to talk about that in artwork either, which I think... That is, it's funny. Yeah. But I think humor is pretty vulnerable as well. So I think it, I don't, it definitely, like you're saying, opens people up. Mm-hmm. Um, it can... Yeah, I think it's a pretty powerful thing. It's And it's something we are all capable of doing, you know. So I think it's pretty universal. It's a, it's a really good... Well, I can't even say it's like a primate thing because they say that that uh, mice or rat, rats laugh. You know, like you can tickle them and they laugh. I didn't know that at all. Yeah, they, they, I mean, you. <laughs> it's not in our spectrum of hearing, but, you know, they've done it like in laboratories and that you can, you know, so, you know, we're not, primates aren't the only ones who laugh, but um, I bet crows laugh. I can't yeah. remember. Uh, it seems like they oh, they they joke. <laughs> they are like joke. They joke, so it's you know, it's it's a pretty great thing. Yeah, it is a great thing. Has your work um, changed since you moved out here? Has the desert done anything to it, or well, shifted things for um, you? I no. <laughs> I I've. It's really important to me to be living here, mm-hmm. um, but I don't really get my inspiration from you know, what's outside. It's just, uh, it makes life like really good mm-hmm. for me um, to be here and to see what I see out the window. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't really, I don't think it influences my work. I've never used, even though I love nature and there's nothing I like more than being in the wilderness, my, I think the happiest times of my life have been like in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Um, but... It's not an inspiration for me um, in my art. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the culture is more of an yeah. inspiration. It's in solitude because you like to be alone. And be well, I mean, the culture in general is inspires me for my work, right. culture and other art. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, being here is is really good. Yeah, for you know my peace of mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. I think a lot of people come out here wanting to be influenced by the landscape. Mm-hmm. Well, some people are. Yeah. And, and some people are just completely, uh, and then some people, it's just the state of mind for uh-huh. them to be able to make this work that doesn't relate to the And landscape. I really like Joshua Tree. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a great place. A lot of, there are just a lot of, there are a lot of artists here and, um, you know, it's really great. It is really great. Yeah. <laughs> and then, sorry, I'm skipping around That's a okay. lot because you keep saying things that I'm like, oh, wait, I want to know more about <laughs> that thing. Do you, uh, 
Do you sketch out your ideas at all? Do you have a sketchbook? Yeah, I have a sketchbook. Yeah, that's part of your practice. Yeah. And I I collect uh, images, you know, like I cut out images and and, uh, I, um, yeah, definitely I sit and, you know, think about what I want to do and draw things out and change them and pick up. I I have, you know, I have more, I I have ideas and a lot of them I have to throw out, Mm -hmm. you know, I have to choose the ones that I think will be successful. And, um, yeah. I also collect the cartoons from the New Yorker that I really like in a book. That's awesome. Which still makes me, they still make me laugh when I look at them. And you go back through them? Sometimes, yeah. 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 And like, you know, some people come here and I say, here, you can look at this. And then they laugh through it. (laughs) Just my favorite ones. Yeah. That's nice. How long have you been doing that for? Oh, I don't know. I've been collecting, you know, I I used to, back before in the day, (laughs) I used to have files where I would like put, sometimes tear out cartoons from places and throw them in or put them on the refrigerator or something. Mm -hmm. So I've been doing it for for a very long time. Do you have a regular working schedule? Uh-huh. You do. Yeah. I mean, every day. <laughs> yeah. You know, I I I uh I like to I'm a morning person. Mm-hmm. I I always do most of my work um in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then in the afternoon, I really like uh having a project like knitting for a piece because mm-hmm. then I can do that in the afternoon at home because it's cleaner here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely if I'm working on something big, um, I can work up to like five hours, but usually it's just like three or four at the most mm-hmm. in the morning and then in the morning. Yeah. Cause, and I thought, I always felt like that's not enough. Like you're only working like three or four hours. And then I read a book about, it was this whole book of a hundred, not, j- not artists, just artists, but writers. And like this person collected all of this, uh, Stories of how of of the process of writers and artists and muse, and composers, mm-hmm. and and none of them worked more than like, you know three or four hours a day. Mm-hmm. And I, then I felt like okay, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, you're great. <laughs> <laughs> because when I was you know young, like in college, I would just like I could work all day and all night. You yeah. know, yeah, I could never do that now. Same, yeah. Things change. I don't think we talk about that a lot either. I think, and there's a lot of pressure people feel to be working eight hours a day in their studio or they're not an artist or they're not making Mm -hmm. enough. And some people just don't work that way. You know, there's some people I know that might only work one day a week, a solid day, and make great stuff, but they need the rest of the time to be doing other things, either working or raising a family or uh, observing. Well, you know, Doing art is, I mean, for me, it's something that you're kind of doing and thinking about all the time. Yeah. It's this really ongoing process of, you know, collect, for me, collecting ideas and images, you know, from like what I'm reading and what I'm seeing and experiencing. And um, when I, for a period, you know, like when I had my children or when I really wasn't doing very much, I was, once in a while I would you know, make something, but it's not the same as doing it all the time. Mm-hmm. Like doing a piece of art, like once in a while, it's just your mind is in a completely different place. Right, right. Then, then being, that's what being a working artist is to me, mm-hmm. is this, uh, 
it's just ongoing. Mm-hmm. Like you don't leave it. Yeah, you show you know, up for You're it. driving and you're thinking about like, you know, a piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or you're like, you know, going to sleep or wherever, whatever. Yeah. And that's all part of working. So yeah, you're, yeah. you're working. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the three hours in the studio. It's yeah. that other 18 hours you just spent yeah. thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh, well, that's lovely. And your studio is very close to your house. Yes. Yeah, six steps. Six steps. <laughs> <laughs> I hate driving. So it's, it's really, yeah, it's great. Cause I can just like run home or like run over to the studio and yeah. You know, you don't have to even run much because it's well, like not I, much momentum yeah. to get there. <laughs> yeah, you'll hit the door. Yeah, right? yeah, it's a really beautiful space. All of it, the landscape here, the house, the studio. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Do you have any um, any books or recommendations for people? Anything you can off the top of your oh, head? That's interesting. Um, it for in what way? I don't know. And mostly artists are listening to this, so I don't know. It could be anything. It could oh. be inspiring. It could be something that you're just interested in at the moment. Um, well, I listen to a lot of books, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm listening to a book that's it's like over my head, mm-hmm. but I still really like it, which is called, uh, I think it's called What is Reality? And it's, it's actually about... Um, quantum mechanics. Uh-huh. And I really, I love that he said like this morning, I was, I, I listened like when I go for a walk, um, that there is no reality. And he's like, there is no time. And it's like, really? All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like explain that to me, you know? So that, that's something I, that's, that's a book that I love. I just listened to the shape of water, which I loved. And I love the movie too. It's a fairy tale. I really like fairy tales. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I the the next book is this uh, book that it's a, just came out about um, termites. Oh right. <laughs> and it's um, I read a review of it and it seems like really fascinating. Um, it there. Uh, I mean the whole there's more mat ant. Mass, I think, mm-hmm. or maybe it's insects. Um, I think it's ants. Than anything on the, on the planet, they're just like so uh-huh. many ants, and we don't even. Well, here, you know, you see these little ant hills everywhere. Yeah. yeah. But uh, they are. They have a, their own little world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really important to us. Yeah. I think. I'm excited to see what kind of work comes out of yeah, this. I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, there is, there's a show in LA, it's called, it's termite art, he called it. So, I mean, this is about termites. So I can't wait to get into that. Collective unconscious going around. I guess. Yeah. 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 That's great. Um, And then do you have any place we can see your work or any shows that are up or coming up or? Well, I have work at Maxon Gallery in the Back Street Art District in Palm Springs. Mm -hmm. And uh, other than that, I am going to be in JTAG in, um, uh, I think in March, in February or March, I can't remember. I'm in a group show. And those are the only plans I have right now. Okay. And people can see your work on? On my website. Mm-hmm. It's cocohall.com. 
And on Instagram, yeah. it's coco.hall. Great. So look it up, you guys. And we'll post some pictures <laughs> of the studio visit. And uh, anything else you want to talk about? No. Awesome. Thank you so much for Thank having you. me. Thank you. fun. And thanks for tuning in to this episode with Coco. And I want to thank Coco for sharing her space and her ideas with us on today's episode. And I also want to thank all the artists that we've been able to interview. This project wouldn't be possible without you. And thank you to Charlie over at the Clock Tower Recorder for helping out with all the audio stuff. And just one last note, I opened a gallery recently with another artist named Stephanie DiGregorio. The gallery is called Unpaved Gallery. It's located in Yucca Valley on Yucca Mesa. You can follow us on Instagram at Unpaved Gallery or on the internet. The website is www.unpavedgallery.com. And right now the hours are by appointment, so you can send us an email or a message to come by and see the shows that are going on. And thanks again for tuning in. See you next time.